Welcome to the Finding Refuge podcast. My name is Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and I am glad you're here. The Finding Refuge podcast emerged from a desire to have conversations about the intersection of grief and liberation. This podcast explores how we can find refuge during unsettling and uncertain times. It features guests from various backgrounds, lineages, and lived experiences. I hope you enjoy listening. so happy to be bringing this conversation forth with Nikki Myers. Nikki is a teacher, a friend, a mentor, and it was so lovely to be in conversation with her. Let me tell you a little bit more about Nikki Myers. An accomplished speaker and teacher, Nikki is an MBA, ERYT 500, yoga therapist, somatic experiencing practitioner, addictions recovery specialist and Ayurvedic specialist. Born from her personal struggles with addiction, deep study and work with countless students, Nikki is the founder of Y12SR, Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. Based on its theme, the issues live in the tissues. Y12SR is a relapse prevention program that weaves yoga, neuroscience and trauma healing with the practical tools of 12-step programs. Y12SR meetings are available internationally, and the curriculum has rapidly become a feature of addiction recovery treatment centers. Nikki's work has been featured in the New York Times, Black Enterprise, The Huffington Post, Origin Magazine, CBS News, and countless podcasts. She is honored to be a co-founder of the annual Yoga, Meditation, and Recovery Conferences at Esalon Institute and Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. Nikki has been featured as a speaker at the International Association of Yoga Therapists Conference, International Conference on Integrative Medicine at Harvard Medical School, and the 2022 Clinton Global Initiative. She was named a Yoga Journal Game Changer and is an honored recipient of the esteemed Nouveau Cultural Visionary Award. I hope you all enjoy listening to this beautiful episode with myself and Nikki Myers. Nikki, I am so excited to see you and to share space with you. Often we're like on panels together in spaces, but but not like in a conversation with just us. Except Um, on text. That's true. We do text, (laughs) but this feels very different. So thank you for saying yes to being a guest on the podcast and yeah, for being here with me today. I'm delighted. Um, You know, there's no way I would have missed being in conversation with you. I so appreciate who you are and your work. I just love and adore you. And I know you know that. So grateful for that. (laughs) Yes. And I love and adore you as well. And I was, I'm trying to remember when we first met and I feel like, I mean, I knew I had heard of you, but I think the first time we were in physical space may have been at the Lululemon something summit. I don't know what it was called. Is that when we first met or maybe we met somewhere else, but I know we saw we, you were there and we like spent time together. And I remember that. Yeah, I'm thinking the first time we met though was something with Sean, right? Probably something that was going on there. And you know, like you, I knew who you were, and you know, already felt a sense of your being. But that was the first time that that we, if I remember it right, it was something that was going on with Sean. That's probably right. Um, <laughs> and for those listening, we're referencing Sean Corn to be to be clear yes. for those who might be yeah. wondering. Um, and since we first met, we've, we've, as I said, been on panels and in spaces together. And um, it's just delightful to have you here. And I would love for you to share some about who you are, what you're up to in the world, anything you want to share with, with us. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I'm going to do it the way that I always do it wherever I am, just because um, it's a lens into me, right? It's just a lens into me. So, you know, 
I usually, my pronouns are she, her, and we. And I always usually give a little explanation about what that we is really all about. And the, the for me, it, the way that I usually do it, no matter where I am, is that, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a yoga therapist, I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner, um, you know, founder of Y12SR, which is the Yoga 12-Step Recovery, and all of that, and, and the big three-letter word is and, right? And I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a codependent, I'm the survivor of both childhood and adult sexual trauma. I'm a love addict. I'm a recovering debtor spender. I'm a former commercial sex worker. And and I'm the mother of two living and one deceased child. I'm the grandmother of five. And this is one you don't know. I'm the great grandmother of now almost seven. I got a new one coming. <laughs> wow. Seven great grandchildren, right? It blows my mind, just blows my mind. Um, and uh, you know, I, the other piece is, and I am um, uh, a spiritual, and I almost don't want to say seeker, but lover. And I am a lover of, like you of all things dogs. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, really a, a, a lover of life. And, you know, I always love to say that with connected with the ands, because the discovery is that there's a we inside of me. There's a we inside of me. And all of those are parts. And what I've discovered, and, you know, I think about this when I think about from my studies, the Divine Mother. There are a thousand names for the Divine Mother, right? And just like there are all these pieces inside of me. And what I've discovered is that when I, I stop the nonsense of making one part of myself bad, awful, and wrong, and another part of myself right and wonderful and praiseworthy, and all those kinds of things, when I stop that good, bad, right, wrong, and all that stuff with that, and gather and bring them all in, and you know, reintegrate parts of myself that I've left here, there, and everywhere, and bring them all in, Right. Then I get to recognize that while all of them inform my walk in this plane of existence, truthfully, none of them define me. None of those things define me. But it's only by gathering them and stopping the internal war and the fight that goes on when I don't acknowledge that I even get the opportunity to recognize that you're, I'm something much, much more and none of them define me. And I always love doing that because that lens informs my work. It informs everything I do, you know, in the world. And it's helped me to make a profound peace with myself, right? And when I'm in an, an equanimous mind and have peace with myself, I show up a whole lot differently in the world. And so, um, you know, when I'm giving people insights and doing introductions, this is the way that I, you know, offer who it is that I am and continue to become in the world. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your answer and the depth in it and the spiritual knowing, I would say, expressed through your answer and the way you answered the question. And it's make it really makes me think about the we, what you said, wholeness and integration. And I also this awareness that you're you're everything you named and you're not, right? You're something bigger than that beyond the identities that you named or the experiences you've had in this incarnation of yourself. And I've thought about that a lot more over the last, I don't know, five years, like consciously aware of, you are a spiritual being, right? And have said that hundreds of times over the last five years, I would say in a, in a different way. So I understand it differently in it than I did before. And it it's so much more expansive to remember we're like bigger than these, these things, our identities, the things we've done, the things we don't like about ourselves, the things we love, you know, like we're, we're bigger than that and it's expansive. So I really appreciate you naming, naming that. And it, and I'm curious to know, and this is, there's probably, we could like, this may be the question for the podcast, but I'm curious to know what led you, what process did you move through to come to a place of like integration or the, the we and the awareness of it or the peace you spoke about to find peace? Yeah. Yeah. What a great question. Um, it, it was that, you know, I had to surrender <laughs> 
to so if I if I had to use one word to describe the process, it, actually I would use two words, and the two words are trustful surrender. You know, it's not just surrender. Surrender can often be confused with resignation, right? That you know, I'm resigned to do this, or you know, I'm going to do this because of this. But a trustful surrender is different, right? It, it really feels completely different. It really is the almost the antithesis to the to the uh, resignation. And what I've continued to discover is this whole thing is deeper and deeper levels of surrender. It's deeper and deeper levels of that trustful surrender. And, you know, the, I was speaking about gathering all parts of myself. When, when before that realization, there was this internal war. You know, I was denying one part of myself and praising another part of myself. And there was all this war. There was a fissure, you know, a real fissure within my being. And when I could learn and accept and, and all of that to to bring everyone in, right, that, that everyone gets to join the party, right, <laughs> then, then that internal war stopped. And then I could start the process of really negation, right? Negation meaning, you know, I'm really not this identity. I'm really not this identity. All of them are in here, but I'm not really, you know, it's the chipping away, right? <laughs> and I could really peacefully start that chipping away from, from, um, a space of inner harmony versus that space of fight versus that space of conflict. And that's been the process. And I'm, I'm continuing to chip away at, oh, no, not this, not that, not that. <laughs> right? And then, you know, the idea is the way I always phrase it anyway, we've had all this programming and conditioning and shit dumped on top of our wholeness, right? And so the process to get back at wholeness is chipping away all that programming, that conditioning, all that shit, right? And so it, th that's exactly if we wanted to, and then I can surrender, right? And then I can trustfully let go. So it, it I, the process has been surrender, chipping away, negation more than, more than anything else. Mm -hmm. You're making me think about well, the path of yoga and the higher self, the big S self and remembering the truth of who we are and the process we have to go through. And it's an ongoing process for many people, everyone I know, ongoing process to remember <laughs> there is a larger self. And it's also making me think about Ishvara Pranadana, one of the Niyamas for folks listening, which is there, the Niyamas are, it's the second limb of the eight limb path of yoga. And they're really about observances towards self or for, for you as an individual, although they have an effect in the outer world as well. And Ishvara Pranadana is at times translated as trustful surrender or surrender to spirit or God um, or that which is bigger than you is another way to think about it. And it just came through in what you were what you were talking about and the way you talked about trustful surrender and the, the chipping away that has to occur before we can actually be in that space of trustful surrender. And again, I think it's waves of it's, it's ongoing. And you talked about it that way too. Like it's not, we didn't, we didn't, you didn't arrive there. It sounds like there's still moments where you're like, I have to chip oh away at this thing. I got to negate. This isn't really who I am. And now I can it's surrender. Absolutely. And I suspect that, you know, as long as I'm in this plane of existence, that it will continue to be, that that process i always think about that malcolm x quote right and the quote is once you think you got it you lost it right yeah. and, and i love that quote right once you think you got it you lost it so i don't want i did that right in in the throes of of addiction my my process through that has been relapse. I relapsed. I was eight years clean. Then I, after going through the shit, right? Mm -hmm. Eight years clean. Then I relapsed. And then I was another year, four years clean. And I relapsed again. And I recognized part of that error was I thought I had it, 
right? I thought I got this, you know, I'm good. I don't need to do this shit anymore. I need, I got this. I'm good. Right. And, and then uh, I thought I had it. And as soon as I thought I had it, I lost it. And I found myself right back in the throes of the same stuff. And there's a, a beautiful humility about that. Right. A beautiful humility. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not pretending like I even got it anymore. I don't even know what it is. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it's just continuing to put one foot in front of the other and, and being here for the inquiry and for the investigation and for, you know, the work. Mm -hmm. I love this so much because it's, it's, I'm 47 and it's making me think about each, as each year passes, I I'm like, I don't know. Like the more I say, I don't know, it's just, it increases right each year. Like, what do I really know? Is this real? Is this happy? You know, like, and, and just right. thinking about conditioning around you do this thing and then you arrive in this place and then you know these things or you should strive to know these things. And I, there's so much freedom in being like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't even know <laughs> what I don't know. I don't even know what I don't even know. Right. I love and it. You're right. There's a beautiful humility in that. And there's a, a beautiful ability, you know, and you're 47. I'm kicking 70. Right. I'm getting ready to be 70. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what I don't know. And I can trustfully surrender into that today. Right. That I <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love it. It's because you know, in so many ways, we're actually talking about practice and the path of, of yoga, spiritual practice. And I would, I want to know more about how you came to this path of seeking out in this way that you described a little bit earlier when you answered who you are, like, how did you come to yoga? Yeah. Yeah. Um, through addiction, right. Through really the throes of, of addiction, Right. And then, you know, and when I say addiction, it, it's the, the bigger de definition of beyond a substance. Right. I assert we were talking a little bit about the yoga sutras um, a little bit earlier. And when I look at it and kind of distill in my own words and in my own life, what Patanjali was saying, particularly as he talks about, as Patanjali talks about the kleshas and avidya and all that, ultimately we're all addicted to the way we process our reality, right? We're all, we all get it. And it's so easy to do in, in, in what we're in, in the matrix, right? We're in the matrix and it's so easy to do. Right. And so it was, it was from the, the throes of addiction and, and recognizing, you know, how none of that was working, right? None of, of that, that, that looking outside of myself for something that was only going to come from the inside, which in my work is the way we find, define addiction, right? Mm -hmm. When I am so busy looking outside of myself for something that's only going to come in, it's easy to form an addictive relationship with anything and everything. Like, you know, I, I've had an addictive relationship with Nordstrom's, right? Because <laughs> I want mm -hmm. that bag or that. And commercialism and capitalism sets that shit up, right? right. You know, I'm watching my great grandkids, right? My Particularly the girls and how easy it is to I, all the work that, you know, and talk and, and, and things that we do together, right? That programming gets set up, right? It gets, it gets so set up. And so, you know, it, it was in that recognition, finally, after, you know, going through all the things that I was never going to find it looking outside of myself, right? And that is eventually what, what brought me to yoga. Originally, what brought me to yoga, what really physically, actually, factually brought me to yoga was sciatica, right? I had this sciatic pain. <laughs> I had this sciatic pain. And someone suggested, you know, said, actually, 
was a, a physician and this was rare. This was in the, the uh, early 90s and it was rare that you would hear a physician say something like this. But she said, you know, you don't want to be on muscle relaxers for the rest of your life. I know this is painful, but that's not a, a sustainable path. And she said, if I were you, I'd find yoga. I'd find a yoga teacher in a yoga class. And that was so rare, right? And I'm so grateful to her to this day. And so I did. And then it started working for the sciatica. And I started noticing a couple other things that were going on as well, right? There were some things that were shifting internally. There were some things that were shifting in so many ways. And I was like, what is this, right? And that was when I really, really started to get curious about it. So that was kind of the, the, the pathway in. And then I recognized how deeply tied it was to my path of, of recovery from addiction, particularly then it was um, drugs and alcohol. And I recognized how, how connected it was with the 12 step program, which was my pathway in. And I started making all these connections and recognizing how this could deeply serve me as an adjunct, as something in addition to the cognitive work that I was doing, that adding this somatic work to it was it, you know, it was opening up things that that I had never connected, that I had never seen before. And it was kind of that that, that led me in. And then, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, I started thinking I knew some shit right <laughs> you know i got this yoga thing i'd done all this research and done all this stuff and ended up relapsing right mm -hmm. and then so i relapsed twice and it was after that second relapse i recognized that i still had things in separate boxes and that what was needed was that that really there were no separate boxes, mm -hmm. right? That it's all really the same thing. And I had to make those connections before it turned into something that really supported, right? The sustainable growth. And since then, you know, it's it's catapulted recovery and life and all of those. It, and not that there's, you know, not sorrow and pain and all of that but it's given me a new container to hold all of that stuff and 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 i'm just blown away it's catapulted my recovery in a way that i didn't even know was possible mm -hmm. and you're i'm thinking about dharma and your work in the world which of course exactly. isn't just one thing but like how sometimes we might experience something and not know it's going to lead us to this path that's exactly. really about what we're supposed to do, alignment and our dharma. So exactly. thinking about what you created, you know, and, and your program and how many people have would probably say Y12SR, how that has saved their lives. I'm sure mm -hmm. people say that to you and to the people yeah. who lead that programming and how it's catapulted their recovery. So you prioritizing your own recovery, of course, is is significant and important. And you also shared the path of yoga with the world so that others could recover. Like that's yeah. how, and have been doing that work for a long time. Yeah, I love how you just said that. It's very true. I can't be anything. Well, you know, I definitely don't suggest that anybody really consciously take the path that I took because it was a, a difficult and challenging path. And, right. and there's the end. I can't be anything but grateful for it today, right? It's that, it's like, I know one of the the sacred texts you love and adore is the Bhagavad Gita, right? And, and it's that, right? That is prasad, right? Yeah. That is, that is, it's been such prasad, right? That it's mm -hmm. been such a gift from, even though all the things that it looked like, particularly then, it's been the gift of my life, right? And how can I not be mm -hmm. anything but grateful? How can mm -hmm. I not be anything but grateful? 
and it's just it feels profound that you've you've shared that with others like again i'm not saying everyone needs to do that or be on that path i just think it it just stands out to me how you have been on your path and and worked on healing right and then shared that and when we're able to do that just what can come from that i think is what i'm so struck by yeah yeah i'm just so grateful that you know it just allows continues as you know i work day by day by day because it is a one day at a time thing right yeah really it really you know i do my practice I do that work so that hopefully there can be this this equanimous mind to hold all the shit right that's going on right Mm -hmm. all the shit so that i don't want to run and use something outside of myself our culture um particularly you know talk about this in the work we, we collapse or conflate relief and resolve, right? That those things get really conflated, right? And that I think I wanna run out and fa- I, mean, I mean, even in the bigger world and in the bigger work, we conflate relief with resolve. You know, I was talking to this about someone, even like you think about George Floyd's murder, right? We got a little relief. And we think that that's the resolve. We stop working, and we, <laughs> right? And 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 that's part of that whole process. And we do the the same thing. I get a little relief, and I confuse that with resolve. And then I'm right back in the same circle, over and over and over and over again, right? And you know, I've just come to to recognize that that's not skillful. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, the way you were talking about it and what you said about George Floyd. And I don't know if this is the conversation you were having when you, when you were talking about George Floyd um, to someone else, but I really appreciate the way you're talking about relief and resolve because you're absolutely right. People confuse those things. And so like people wake, they, they woke up and all of a sudden we're like, Oh wait, what's happening in the world. And now where are people, we have the same problems we had, right. And that's the macro scale. And of course, humans, myself included do this all the time too, as individuals in our lives, right. We, we suffer in part because we confuse those two things, and it makes me think about practice again and how it can continue to illuminate what what actually needs to heal, right? For there to be a resolution, if there ever will be one, but but that we need to be on a path of of healing for sure. I think it's a really important point. And I, and I wanted to ask you about your practice and what you mentioned your practice, like what what your practice looks like these these days may look the same as it did 10 years ago. I don't know, but I'm curious it to know. definitely doesn't look the same as it did 10 I didn't think so. <laughs> I had a feeling. It really doesn't look the same as it did 10 years ago. Um, my practice now, one of the, it includes a lot of chanting, right? I'm into to really chanting the, you can't see in this room, but there are a, a dozen of the Murtis that are mm-hmm. sitting over. <laughs> you know, and I just think that work is brilliant. I love that work, right? That I am really looking at this external thing as a way to remember the qualities of that external thing in me, right? As a way to relate to whatever, what's already inside me. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I do a lot of chanting. I chant a little bit in the morning, a little bit at night, right? A little bit at night. And then I do a lot of, um, mostly it's, it's pranayama centric asana, right? So my asana definitely doesn't look like it did t- 10 years ago, right? And it, and it depends on how it shows up. It's, uh, uh, it depends on what's going on in my life and in my world. It may be that piece may be, you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever I got, right, in, in, in that moment. And then when I have it, it's different, 
and longer and, and all of that. But it always includes a little bit of movement, right? Just to something. I got this one little little thing that I use all day long, right? And, and, and I, I call it FTM and it just means find the middle, right? <laughs> and that's what it is. And I use it all day long, especially when I start to notice that, that I'm off middle right I'm, i've gone one side or 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 the other right you know even little things like a, the about three weeks ago i went out to my mailbox and i saw a letter from the irs and i could feel myself just gulp and freeze and tense and all of that and then you know i use this little thing find the middle right right just just stop and find the middle and soften the grip and come back to your breath, right? And it takes about 30 seconds or less to do that. And then when I do that, I can approach whatever it is with a different frame and in a different mindset. And that, so I use now, I call these little yoga snacks or yoga tools, right? <laughs> when I start to notice something's off. And, and then, and, and the beauty of it is that the, the practice over the years has given me a, a much deeper level of sensitivity to when something's off, <laughs> to when some, when I'm dysregulated and when, when something's off. And so I use those little beautiful practices with throughout the day. And those have served, those are serving me really, really, really well. And, and then, you know, a lot of meditation, right? I love, I love, love, love meditation. And so using the morning, it's a little bit of asana, a little bit of pranayama, and a little bit of meditation, right? And that whole thing could take 30 minutes or less, right? And, and um, I, I really appreciate when, when I have more time and when there's less things pulling and all of that in my life, then it's more. Yeah, what usually, for the most part, always happens is the chanting, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you feel like it is? I have two harmoniums behind me and they're next to my altar and I love chanting as well. And the vibration and the, in particular, the sound of the harmonium and the sensation of it, like the breath, it's like I'm making something breathe or inviting it to breathe. I was just, I'm curious to know what about chant, like what for you about chanting? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Right. Because you always do that. It sounds like it's like, that's the, yeah. you're, you're going to always do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, even from a neurobiology perspective that all that goes to a different, it bypasses shit right and goes to a different whole level of the brain and and the being i mean it just bypasses stuff and i love that right i love that that it bypasses the part of my thinking i a friend of mine whose mother had had um a really really serious stroke right couldn't speak words but she could sing right saying the songs and the loves of her life the words were perfect and she couldn't speak right and so yeah so i knew right that it has to approach something completely different in in the brain and so that always and then what i'm chanting right has such deep is so old and has such deep resonance and such deep meaning right that that um that it just seems you know that there's superpower in that mm -hmm. <laughs> in that practice it just seems to me that there's superpower in that practice <laughs> yeah as you're describing it and i'm thinking about it my own practice of, of chanting thinking about uh, transmutation, like how it can, well, transportate, it transport us, ports us, but also it's like a fast track to yes. it's the bypassing you were talking about. It's like you can transmute um, because it also feels connected to the a different realm for me. Like I'm still on earth, but it's, it's like spirit. It's, there's something else happening. It's very yeah. evident. Yeah. 
through the sounds, which I know is intentional, right? Through the sounds and the tones and the, yeah. So I hear that the ability it has to sort of bypass and that you're operating from some other space, right? Yes. You can't intellectualize chanting. That's not what's actually happening. I mean, pronunciation, (laughs) but beyond that, that's not what's happening. It's more. That's right. That's right. And I don't know if that I could ever describe what was in in words, right? I always love it. There was a, I read this a long, long time ago. It was J. Krishnamurti who said, the reason for thoughts and words are to transcend thoughts and words, (laughs) right? And so. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Real, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. My friend, who you know, Vivette Jeffries Logan, who's um Okanichi, yes, yes. often she'll say there are no words, and it means so many different things, like in many different contexts, she'll say it, and I love it when she says it because it's like no words can describe what is actually happening right here, right, and in, in real time in this moment, and that it can be applied to so many different things, and that transcendence you just named mm-hmm. um, for sure. I love it. I love yeah. It. I am. I know earlier you mentioned children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, and I imagine they all have different personalities, but I'm going to ask a question that's like more about generalizing wisdom. And because you like, you've been on a path, you have a deep practice. You describe some of what you've moved through in your life are moving through. And I, I want to know like what wisdom do you want to impart to your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren? And it can be like a one pearl of wisdom. I, I know you're already doing it, but I like want to he- hear what it would be. Like, what would you say based on your lived experience? Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful question. And I do think about that, uh, you know, a lot. And I'm not sure... I'm I'm not sure it shows up in words, right? Again, that's that whole idea. Right, it might be image, something else. Right, I'm not sure it shows up in words, but uh, particularly the younger now, so I got this range of uh, great-grandchildren, the ones who I'm all in with right now, the Mm great-grandchildren. My grandchildren and my great-grandchildren love and adore me, right? (laughs) And it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, And what it is, is, and and you're right, they all have different aspects. They all came in with these different (laughs) aspects of of who it is that they are. They all came in with these different personalities and vasanas and samskaras, and and they came in with a, a lot of that stuff. However, when we get together, right, it, it's like when I'm in the presence of the four-year-old that I'm right in the presence and with the four-year-old, right? And I turn into a four-year-old and we do little silly things like a four-year-old and, 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 and all of that. And I just love it. They turn, I'm turn into um, another aspect, another one of those aspects of something that's inside of me. And, and I love it and they love it. And it's, it's that, right? Um, more and more and more learning how to be present with what's in front of me rather than my idea of what that is, right? I've, I've always been uh, more um, in relationship with an image rather than being in relationship with what's really in front of me. I would be in a relationship with my gr- great-grandchildren like who I thought a great-grandmother should be rather than being in relationship with my great-grandchild that's in front of me. I would re- I would be in a, in a a relationship with an image of what I thought great grandmother should look like, or what I've been programmed into what grandmother should look like, or what mother should look like. This was the you know uh, so 
I've been married four times. <laughs> and I, when I when I start to recognize, you know, some of the things it, that that were ended part of it that ended in a break of, in relationship. It was because I was so busy in relationship with who I thought I should be rather than being in relationship with the person that's in front of me. Right. And I'm learning. I learned so much from from all of that. Right. That instead of being in relationship with an image, being in relationship with what's here. Right. With what's really in front of you. And if there's anything that I could offer to my great grandchildren, that's it. Right. Being in, in relationship with life and being a part of life rather than being in relationship to my image of life mm-hmm. or what I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such powerful medicine for us all. I know I asked about it related to your family because there's so much conditioning that moves us away from the present moment or moves us away from who we are. And, and there we're incentivized to move away from who we are and to be distracted, like not be present. So it sounds simple, but I think it's so profound to think about being present with what is or who is around you. And also what you named about what shows up for you. So you're playing with your four-year-old great grandchild. And then that part of you comes out too. It's like, then you're mirroring that that's a reflection of who you are as well. And that gets to come out because you're, you're present or practicing presence in that, in that moment. And so what is possible, like what could happen, you know, if we were, if we slowed down enough and we're present or in the practice of that, at least, because I think it is a practice, right. And then could see what will come up, what, what aspect or characteristic. That's right. And I know, you know, that, right. I, this is the same thing happens when I'm with my dog, mm-hmm. right. When elephants, my, the elephants, Gerald's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and when I'm in there with Ella, right. It's just, it just is natural. I am just with Ella and we just play and we just do the things that, that me and Ella do. And we just relate in a way that has nothing to do with an idea or an image or, you know, or any of the, those kinds of things. And, and I, I'm, I learned so much from that. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That we can be and be who we are instead of striving to be something we're not, or that's not true to, to us. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know how, like I asked about practice and the path, and of course you've shared some about your life and, and we've been through a time like a, I don't know what that even means, but a lot has gone on over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I am curious to know how, because I know you're like committed to your practice and to us as a collective, like, how have you weathered this? Like the, I'm curious to know how your heart is, how you've weathered this, what you understand, any part of that, that you, that you want to answer. Oh, wow. I have felt really, you know, and still feel is still there this liminal space, Mm -hmm. you know, and in, in many aspects of, of the recognition of this liminal space, it really has simply been putting one foot in front of the other. There's this, that's a phrase that I learned in 12 steps, right? You put one foot in front of the other and you do the next good, right, honest thing. Right. You just do the next good, right, honest thing. And it's been that for what seems like now. I mean, it seems like so long is just putting one foot in front of the other and doing the, the next right thing. And and that has been the thing that's been sustaining me. Right. You know, not even thinking that I know the way out of this. 
you know, I don't. <laughs> and what I can do is what is put one foot in front of the other and do the next right on a stink, right? And it is again going going back to the Bhagavad Gita, right? That 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 big question, right, that Arjuna asks, right? Do I engage with this in this moment? It's that one, right? Yeah. And it's mo almost moment by moment, I'm still asking myself that same question, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. <it's> <laughs> yeah, and Krishna's like, um, <laughs> you decide, but also here's That's the thing. That's right, <laughs> Krishna's like, it depends, right? right. You're my favorite answer to everything. It's it true. depends, right? I do love that. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's, it's that, right? And I have to, and I'm in that inquiry mm -hmm. almost all the time, right? <laughs> I just, I so appreciate when people are like, I don't know the way out of this. You know, I think it's like the, there's freedom in that. There's, yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> there's yeah. freedom in that. It's not yeah. that we don't have any information, but it's, it is more like, that's true. Um, it feels honest. And as we, you know, are in the not knowing, doing what you said, like, what does it look like to put one foot in front of the other or take another step that is good right. and in service of and right like it's right and i'm grateful that i've got a, a foundation that guides what the next good right honest thing is right That's it's true. from dharma right we know dharma is what upholds the universe yes it's the love it's the it's all those things that uphold the universe and that doesn't mean it's sunshine and lollipops we know that right uh but as my action is based in dharma and what upholds the universe i got some guidance on what the next good right honest thing is right that helps me answer the question what is the next good right honest thing for me to do right and sometimes it is like like arjuna not to engage sometimes it is right not to engage right and 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 to be to know that that's the next good right honest thing mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're mm -hmm. a culture that you know do do we could you know we do 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 right and sometimes right. the answer is don't stop stop and stop wait pause right. breathe right. watch listen yeah all of that i love it it's good medicine for us well is there anything else you'd want to you want to share with folks listening about what's present for you at this time anything else i i want to tell you i haven't even told you yet right we're, we're going to do another race in america Oh, right. And that, that will be in 2023. Three, right. Three. And we're doing Race in America, New Orleans. Wow. Wow. No shit. Wow. I am so excited about it. Right. You know, the, the, the intricacies and complexities and the interweaving and so and we're just in the process we got some some really really you know the depth of, of that yes. haven't been involved in it and so i think this new orleans saints is going to put it's going to be november really a year from now november okay yeah november next year so uh, and of course we want to invite you to be a part of it because you've been a part of all of them so <laughs> I would love that. And I said, wow, that way, because whenever I visit, there's a sadness. Whenever I visit New Orleans, there is a, it's like, there's a sadness in the air. It's palpable to me. It's like, I don't mean it's a sad place. I just mean history, the, the grief associated with New Orleans history is, and I think it's palpable everywhere, but there's something more um, intense about it there for me. And I'm not from, like, I'm not I just go and visit and teach there. Yeah. And it's palpable. It's, it's a like... depth of that, a depth of that, that is really, really, really profound. Yes. Right? 
And so there are many things to explore there. And I'm so looking forward to this one. <laughs> yes. Yes. It will be so powerful in the healing that can happen too in that space. So people should definitely look out for race in America when that's, when that's announced. And it sounds like it will be about it in a, in a year, November, 2023. So look out for that. It's if you've done it, do it again. If you haven't done it, look into it and sign up. It is a it's a really well thought out transformative experience, not a program. Like it's it's an experience and it will change you. So I'd invite people into that. Well, thank you for spending time with me today. You know, we're recording on the what today is the 25th. It is the solar eclipse. There was one this morning. That's right. Partial solar eclipse. It's a new moon in Scorpio. My honeybees have been wild all day. <laughs> and I feel like they've they stung me yesterday. They're feeling the eclipse. So and and I think it's perfect that we had this interview today with the things we talked about and just going deep and the murkiness and the, I don't know. And the, yeah. So thank you, Nikki, for being a friend and teacher and comrade and for just how much you've gifted us. Like, I mean, us, that all of us, how much you've gifted us. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And I can't wait to see you in person. I can't wait to hug. I know. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for so much who you are. And, you know, I'm just like I told you in the text, my heart is so happy at seeing where you in this moment and the the joy in your eyes, in your heart, in your life. It it I'm so happy. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you've you've witnessed part of the journey to Yes. So you yes. know, you know some things. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know so a lot this of things. Is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Finding Refuge. If you are enjoying the podcast, I encourage you to share it with friends and family members and to rate it on iTunes. In addition to sharing about this podcast, you can support my work in the world by becoming a patron on Patreon. You can find me there as Michelle C. Johnson, Skill in Action, Yoga and Social Justice. I offer monthly movement and meditation practices, as well as a monthly divination reading. Lastly, I want to share that I have a new book coming out in April of 2023. We Heal Together. Rituals and Practices for Building Community and Connection. It is currently available for pre-order. And you can go to the Penguin Random House website, search Michelle Johnson or We Heal Together, and pre-order my book. There are several spaces you can pre-order it from. Thank you so much, and take care.